0: What's up? Welcome to the Cousin Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Corinne, and for the movie review segments, my co host will not be joining me, but she will be here when we upload our main episodes. Without further ado, let's begin. These episodes are all about me sharing my own thoughts on any movie or TV show that I have recently watched. I will not be spoiling anything, so if you haven't seen anything mentioned, you are free to keep listening. Before we get started, I want to give a PSA. It is totally okay if you disagree with me, my thoughts are subjective. I am no film major, so please take my criticism lightly. Thank you. Our first topic is The Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit is a 2020 coming-of-age period drama and miniseries based on Walter Tevis' 1983 novel of the same name. It was created for Netflix by Scott Frank and Alan Scott, beginning in the mid-1950s and proceeding into the 1960s. The story follows the life of an orphan chess prodigy on her rise to the top of the chess world while struggling with a drug and alcohol dependency. Netflix released The Queen's Gambit on October 23rd, 2020. After four weeks, it had become Netflix's most watched scripted miniseries. It has received critical acclaim for Anya Taylor's joy performance as Beth Harmon, as well as its cinematography and production values. It has also received a positive response from the chess community and is claimed to have increased public interest in the game. So, to start off with my review, I thought that the female empowerment that was showcased within the TV show was very, very cool. The protagonist broke stereotypes of the time period and modern day stereotypes of women in competitions, specifically in chess. Because I feel like if you went out to see like a chess competition or anything like that, you don't normally see or hear women in chess games. I want to give props to the Emmy Award winner, Anya Taylor-Joy. I thought she was an amazing, phenomenal actress. We were able to see her grow older in the TV show. And I think she played the role of a 13-year-old just as well as she played the role of a young adult. And I thought that was really, really cool. Now, one of the personal cons that I have with the TV show was the slow burn. Now the pros and cons of a slow burn is that some people like it, some people don't. I think the slow burn aspect was one of the reasons why I wasn't so engaged with it. I'm more of a fan of slow burns in movies than I am with TV shows, which caused me to become less interested. You know, at one point, I actually stopped watching it halfway because I was just so bored with it because there was just nothing happening. But then I eventually felt like I needed closure, so I had to finish it, which I'm glad I did. I saw myself taking a liking to the supporting characters more than I did the protagonist. Like, for instance, my favorite characters in the show were Jolene and Mr. Scheibel. I don't want to get too deep into it because I might spoil it, but Jolene and Beth... And the janitor and Beth were both my favorite bonds throughout the entire movie. With that being said, I think one of my cons was I really wish they would have done more with Jolene's character. Her characterization felt very rushed and very stereotypical. I wish we would have known more about her. And they could have played off the trickster archetype, really. Because she was, you know, that funny, irresponsible best friend that Beth really connected with. And I really, really appreciated that. I just wish we would have known more about her. That was kind of the downfall of the TV show is that we really didn't get to know other characters other than Beth. I think if we would have gone more into Jolene's past and history, I think I would have been more interested. Another thing that I didn't like necessarily about the TV show was the cinematography. It felt very boring to me. The scenes and the coloring were very gray, very dark, very like washed out, I guess. It was very, very gray, very mundane. And that was just a personal thing that I thought that was very boring. I want to say that I enjoyed the beginning more than I did the end. I mean, I loved the ending, but the beginning is where I was really hooked. I love, 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 love the little girl that played as Beth when she was younger. That was my favorite part through the entire series. I don't think we've even given her enough props. She did an amazing job, even though she spoke like five words. I really, really enjoyed her. I loved seeing her begin to really find chess as her passion. And her being taught chess was very, very cool to me. And it really begun her character development. With all that being said, I'm glad that I watched it. The satisfactory was... Uh, it was okay. But my final rating of the entire TV show was a three and a half stars. My next subject I want to talk about is Tinet. I know, I know. You're probably thinking, why did you watch this so late? Why did it take you all this time to watch it? This came out months ago. Honestly, I can't even tell you why, I it took, it took me forever to watch it, but I'm glad I did. So I wrote a small review on it again, and if you have not seen it, here's a little preview on what it is about. A secret agent is given a single word as his weapon and sent to prevent an onset of World War III. He must travel through time and bend laws of nature in order to be successful in his mission. Directed by Christopher Nolan, who has also directed many other well-known movies, like The Dark Knight Trilogy... Inception, Dunkirk, Interstellar, and many more. Now, when I heard Nolan was releasing this movie, I was beyond excited because these type of action movies are my favorite to see in theaters. You know, the surround sound, the everything. I love it. So I was sad to hear that, you know, you probably wouldn't be able to watch it in theaters due to what's going on in the world right now. I'm glad I watched it still. Now to get in this, I just want to say if you were confused watching this, you're not the only one because I won't lie, I was confused half of the time and only finally understood it, barely understood it, matter of fact, at the end. But if you know Christopher Nolan as a director, you know that his philosophy is don't try to understand it, so you really can't expect to fully grasp the idea on just one watch. My favorite aspect of the movie was simply the cast. The movie was decent, but the cast is what made me so intrigued. The minute I heard this movie was out, I went straight on Google, looked up the cast, and I was like, yep, I'm going to watch this movie, (laughs) I will not lie. This movie starred John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, Aaron Taylor Johnson, they were great. This was my first movie I'd ever seen with John David Washington in it, and I can say that he blew me away, and I definitely will be on the lookout for more movies that he is in. That's how much I really liked his performance. A particular scene that stood out to me, pun intended, was when Elizabeth Debicki was standing up next to John David, mind you, John David is 5'9", and Elizabeth Debicki was towering over him, and I looked up Elizabeth Debicki height, come to find out, she is 6'3", I was like, oh my gosh, she is so tall, but the crazy thing is, is why it stood out to me, is because I had never ever noticed it when I was watching her other movies, like The Great Gatsby, Gardens of the Galaxy, Peter Rabbit, any of her movies, I never ever realized how tall she was. Because I have seen other movies of Christopher Nolan, specifically Inception, I knew that time warping anything, time perception, I knew that it was going to be something that I'd have to grasp in this movie. I knew that I was going to have to puzzle piece concepts together and I knew I was going to have to be thinking the entire time and trying to not miss any specific detail that flew under the rug. With that being said, this movie you will have to probably watch multiple times if you really want to get a better understanding of what happened. Also, knowing Christopher Nolan, it's a very plot-heavy movie. Which, in turn, makes you more concerned about the plot more than the characters because of how little you are told about them. You're told very little about very few characters. We barely know the protagonist's backstory. We know a few things about the supporting characters although this movie was basically centered around one of the supporting characters which was Elizabeth Debicki's character but yeah nothing nothing new it's to be expected with one of his movies so with all of that being said my rating could possibly change it probably will change because I'm going to have to watch this movie more than once like I said but for now I'm going to rate it a 3.53 stars I couldn't choose if I wanted to rate it 3.5 or 3 simply because i love the cast so much but yeah i'm gonna have to stick with that so for my next topic i'd like to talk about is the movie death to 2020. this movie starred many known actors like leslie jones samuel l jackson joe keery lisa kudrow hugh grant many others under the broken bones production company as a netflix original production i thought that this movie was hilarious I know that some people may not have found it that funny or vice versa or whatever, but I thought it was funny and a great way to start the new year and look back at the challenging year that we had. Personally, my favorite was Lisa Kudrow and Joe Keery scenes. Joe Keery imitated a millennial during quarantine. Lisa Kudrow imitated a conservative politician. Now I will say that some of the jokes were very worn out, cringy, and didn't land but it made you appreciate the ones that did and were very good and executed well. And those impersonations were just my favorite. I thought they were hilarious. But I really think that this movie makes you realize the tragedies that happened so early on last year was not that long ago. It's just that 2020 felt so long, but it flew by at the same time because we were all in our houses. Well, I mean, I hope you were, but... (laughs) But I really liked the way it made us all look back on 2020 that the 2020 is a british mockumentary by black mirrors creators charlie brooker and annabelle jones i think one of the biggest aspects was because of the news every single day there was something new going on in the country whether it was a statue being torn down someone dying social justice movements the california fires that was one big thing and but that felt like years ago to me The average ratings on this movie were terrible, so I went in expecting that it wasn't going to be that good, but it blew blew my expectations out of the water. I thought it was great. Don't get me wrong, I did cringe a few times at a few things, but I think I laughed out loud, like a full-on laugh, a lot. With hardships that everybody faced last year, it's sometimes kind of hard to find the good in things, because we all look to the negative things, usually. And the movie was, I thought it was pretty neutral. I mean, it poked fun at both political sides. And I don't know, I like those things when, like, something isn't, like, biased or anything. Did I think that this was the best movie I've ever seen of 2020? No. But did I enjoy watching it? Yes. But I do wish that they would have shown other countries' perspectives on 2020, especially with the coronavirus and how they dealt with it because I know that all countries dealt with it differently they did have one lady from the UK which I thought she was great but you know like Italy other countries they all handled the coronavirus differently than the United States and I wish they would have gone in to that more but this by far was not the worst thing I've ever seen this year I appreciated the laugh that I had and yeah I recommend you go watch it just keep in mind that this is not for everybody and I can't stress that enough So with all of that being said, I'm going to rate it 4 out of 5 stars. Yeah, I mean, I'm rating it generously because it made me laugh a bunch. And just, things that make me laugh are going to get a generous review. I'm just going to say that. But yeah, that's my review. So, a cool idea I had was 15 movies that got me through 2020. And a short reason why. Now, these movies could have been released any year, 2020, or any year before. So, to start off... Early in the year, I watched the movie Lovebirds with Issa Rae and Kumal Nujani. I don't know if I pronounced his name right. Um, I loved this movie because it was a great funny rom-com and I love rom-coms and I really liked I, I love Issa Rae. I really do. So I'm going to watch anything of hers and I thought this, this movie would be quite enjoyable. So the next movie I watched and I feel like this movie deserves a watch every month or so or I don't know, but this movie I cannot watch enough. The Help. I cannot put into words how spectacular this movie is. It is just phenomenal. It has got to be one of the best movies ever made. I recommend everybody go watch it tonight. (laughs) That's how much I love it. Another one of the movies I watched was called Booksmart. This was kind of a coming of age, sort of. It's just about two teens. This movie was hilarious. I love a good best friend dynamic duo, as I mentioned before. But these two best friends were pulled apart only to find out how much they need each other. And I love that story. Another movie I watched was The Dictator. <laughs> and I love this movie. I've seen it probably three times this year. Another one of my favorite movies is Monster-in-Law. And okay, I have to admit it, Jennifer Lopez rom-coms are my guilty pleasure, and I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Moving on, the next movie that I watched, and I'm so glad I rewatched these movies, The Dark Knight. Wow, it is objectively, I don't care what anybody says, the to- one of the top films ever- made. Another movie that I enjoyed last year was The Princess Diaries. And I know a lot of you have probably seen this movie. It is one of the cutest movies from my childhood ever. I love this movie and I will rewatch it all the time. Next movie is Meet the Falkers trilogy. I'm including all of them because I watched the I watched one and two in the same night. I'm still yet to see the next one. But I know it's gonna be good. <laughs> I laughed the entire time. And those type of movies are my favorite. Speaking of movies that made you laugh the entire time, The Hangover. Geez, this movie is beyond humorous and I plan on watching the sequel soon. I know I haven't seen the second one. I really need to watch it, but I love it so much. Speaking of Christopher Nolan, I watched Inception this year and I'm so glad I did. I recommend this movie for anybody who loves an action-packed movie. This movie's cast is amazing. It kept me on edge the entire time. Objectively, one of the top 10 best movies ever made. And I know I say that all the time, but I'm being honest. Another great movie that I watched Dinner for Smucks. Top 10 favorite movies. I love Paul Rudd and Steve Carell, so why not love a movie where they're together in a comedy? Another one of my favorite movies is The Witch Part 1. It's a sci fi and action movie. I recommend it for anybody who loves sci fi and action, anybody that loves like witches or anything like that. I can't wait to watch the sequel. Third to last movie that I love was Lemony Snicket, Series of a Fortune Events. One of my favorite movies. I used to watch this with my family when I was younger, and I probably watched, I think I've watched it twice this year. I loved the books. They were amazing. Definitely a great movie to watch with your family. So one of the funniest movies I've watched this year, probably three times, I think. Due Date, Zach Galifianakis, RDJ, comedy, love it. Heck yeah, everyone go watch it tonight. (laughs) My grandma loves it, so you will too. <laughs> so, my last but not least, my favorite movie I watched this year. Hamilton. I know, I know. Don't roll your eyes. Don't roll your eyes. I absolutely loved the cast. I cannot thank this movie for bringing me to a love of musicals after disliking them from a long time. Lin-Manuel Miranda to V. Diggs, who was also in the new movie Soul. Stay tuned for another review of that. And then a lot of other people who I just, I just love this movie. This movie brought me so much joy. I think I've watched it four or five times this year. It's on Disney Plus. Go watch it right now. (laughs) After this podcast, of course. I love Hamilton. My grandma loves it. My cousins love it. It's just a great movie. If you love musicals, it's got to be the top three. Although I haven't seen many, but it's amazing. It really is. That wraps up today's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you all have a great 2021. I'm sending you positive energy. Bye.